The term right-of-way might be familiar when it comes to driving, but it's also a phrase that's critically important when it comes to operating a railway. Welcome to our latest edition of Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. This time on our podcast series, we're going to learn about BART's right-of-way team. That's a group that plays a critical role in making sure the trains keep running. We'll get an inside look at the train control group that maintains some 5,000 critical assets at BART. We'll also learn about the right-of-way crews that work to keep debris and other obstacles off the tracks. It's an around-the-clock job that becomes even more important during a stormy winter, such as what the Bay Area's been experiencing. And I'm now speaking with Douglas Kennedy. He's a manager of our train control section, talking about train control. And Doug, first of all, thanks for your time with this. Oh, no problem at all. Yeah, you know, I think for a lot of our writers, they probably haven't even heard the term train control before. And I think for those who have, maybe they don't fully understand what it means. Can you explain it? And how does train control come into play when it comes to the BART system? So uh, train control is what allows the BART trains to move in automatic. BART systems divided up into about 2,300 track circuits, uh, which monitor the movement of the trains by detecting their occupancy uh, all over the system. These track circuits not only keep track of the trains, but they actually send signals to the trains to tell them how fast to go, where to stop, where to turn, when to open the doors up. Beyond all that, what it allows us to do with uh, train control is actually uh, keep the trains at a safe distance from one another, prevent collisions inside the uh, system, and uh, just to maintain safe headways throughout the system. Beyond all the track circuits and system, train control also uh, is responsible for 500-plus switch machines, which are responsible, of course, for uh, moving the trains from track to track to get them to different uh, destinations, as well as all the uh, wayside signal lights and, of course, all the um, vital logic controllers and uh, relays and such that keep it all working together. It also links back to our everything, uh, links back to our operations control center, which allows the train controllers to make adjustments to the uh, train control system in real time, on the fly. So uh, any situation that arises in the system, they're able to uh, modify some of the parameters to keep the trains moving. I'm fascinated by some of the numbers here. You mentioned the BART system has 2,300 track circuits. That that seems like an incredible number. And when you think about BART, I mean, really what it is, it's this gigantic electrical train system, and it's very complicated, isn't it? It is highly complex, absolutely. Um, yeah, 2,300 is a touch more than that. Um, the circuits themselves range from about 300 feet long up to about 1,100 feet long, with most of them being about 700 foot, about the length of a 10-car train. You get up 110-plus miles of track, and you end up with a lot of track circuits. Yeah, and what this all comes back to, of course, is keeping the trains in automatic train control. Talk a little bit about that. I, I think some riders kind of know that, but maybe some don't. Why is that important, and what does it mean for the speed of our trains? Automatic train control, uh, what it allows for is it allows for trains to move at their maximum available speed at any given time. When trains get pulled out of automatic train control for some reason, they need to go into a, what we call road manual here at uh, at BART. Uh, and when the trains are operated manually, their maximum speed is only 25 miles an hour uh, on the main line. So uh, if the train's going over 25, it's an automatic. Safety is probably the biggest thing that comes along with the uh, with the train control system and the ability to monitor the trains automatically and to keep them essentially away from one another as they're going through. Um, also allows the trains to full, uh, fully pull into every station, fully berth, and uh, open the doors, usually right at those little black markers on the platform. 
And you mentioned safety. That's, of course, critical, too. And that extends to some of your responsibilities. I'm thinking specifically of the wayside folks and for crews to be able to do work on the rail. That really does involve your team as well. Absolutely. So um, there are a slew of rules that uh, govern uh, wayside access, working around the trains, um, be just being in the right of way. Uh, train control is responsible for setting up and taking down the work areas, actually for every crew that goes wayside, uh, uh, not just train control department, but for any other department that needs to uh, enter the wayside. We establish uh, speed restrictions to uh, slow the trains down when passing through work areas um, and what we call prohibits, which are um, electronic uh, gates or electronic locks that we use to keep trains out of particular work areas um, while crews are working wayside. Beyond that, uh, as part of the crew itself, we uh, have uh, wayside uh, lights that we employ uh, to, to warn other uh, on-rail equipment uh, of our work area. And we uh, employ watch people, too, that uh, stand by and, and keep an eye out for potential hazards while we're, while we're wayside. I'm speaking with Doug Kennedy, one of the train control section managers here at BART, and you're one of the managers of the train control section. So let's talk about your team and how your crew works together to keep the trains moving. How does it all come together? Sure thing. Well, I'm not the train control section manager. I'm actually one of four. Uh, each one of us has uh, got a specialized uh, discipline that we're, uh, we're assigned to, you know, and uh, yeah, so my particular uh, specialty, and I work with my crews, is... Um, on uh, capital projects and capital improvements. So my project crew is responsible for uh, installing new equipment that's coming into the system through these capital uh, improvement projects to better improve the system. So nightly we're going out and we're taking it apart one piece at a time and putting new goods in. Yeah, and we often talk about infrastructure at BART and, and how much of it dates back to the opening of the system. I mean, a lot of our equipment is 40 plus years old. How does that come into play with your job? It comes into play with my job daily. So um, the improvements that we're making right now and the particular items uh, that we're getting after, which is a lot of the actual wayside train control equipment, um, track circuit antennas, uh, wayside signals, platform antennas, are all original to the system. They are. They're 40, 45 years old. Unbelievably still clicking away uh, in most cases, you know, 45 years later. But they are very much due for replacement, and we're getting after it. We mentioned earlier the 2300 track circuits are roughly 2300, and, and you just mentioned all kinds of equipment that you guys are watching over as well. How many assets are you guys responsible for? Loosely broken down, a little over 5,000 uh, that we maintain and uh, repair and improve daily. That seems like a Herculean task. What's the most challenging part of what you guys do? Well, let's see. The Really, the most challenging part uh, is the balancing act. It's... Uh, it's trying to deal with the immediate repair needs of the system uh, without sacrificing the preventative maintenance, the um, assistance to other departments, and uh, the capital improvement work that we need to do as well. Yeah. If you had a chance to speak with BART riders, and you were talking about train control, and again, you know, I think a lot of folks out there don't really know what happens behind the scenes. What would you want them to know about the work that you and your team do? I would probably like them to know that... Uh, it's not easy, and, uh, and most of it's done outside the public eye. Uh, as well, a lot of work that happens here at BART is done outside the public eye. Our 
wayside access is uh, restricted during the day. We can get out and do a little bit of work during the day, but the bulk of our work really does happen on the uh, graveyard shift during non-revenue hours between about uh, 1.30 in the morning and 4 o'clock in the morning. It's, it's uh, all systems go. We work, train control reaches every inch of the system, so uh, we're in, in stations on the trackways, in tunnels, on aerials. We work in uh, adverse weather conditions. We work, uh, obviously, in the middle of the night. Uh, so it can be dangerous and challenging and, um, and exciting at times, too. The other interesting thing about it is, is not only do these guys need to have sort of like a, you know, this roughneck uh, mentality of getting out there in the middle of the night, but these are, are highly educated, highly trained um, electronic technicians that uh, need to have the skills to work on this very technical equipment. I would guess so, and it seems like time of, is really of the essence there. In other words, you only have a certain amount of time in those overnight hours to really get the work done that needs to happen. It is. It is. So it takes a lot of planning, a lot of scheduling, um, and prep work. So when when the trains go to bed for the night, we're on it. You know, We're out there and, and uh, hitting the ground running. What's the most satisfying part of the job for you? Fixing things. Love to fix things. Uh, knocking out a persistent problem uh, that's been ageness. It's really nice to get something uh, put away and put to bed. Definitely. Doug Kennedy, one of our train control section managers, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, you're very welcome. And now here's part two of our right-of-way podcast, where we learn more about what BART does to keep the trackway open during what's been an especially stormy winter season. And I'm now speaking with Mark Rubenacre, who's a Structures 4 worker here at BART, and he's been with BART for 18 years. Mark, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. So maintaining the right-of-way for our trains obviously very important, and it's a team effort here at BART. Now, you're a Structures 4 worker, so let's start there. Kind of describe your job and, and tell me what you're focused on. Well, I'm focused on ma- maintaining the, the right-of-way in these storms where we get a lot of water or a lot of issues with uh, trees and stuff like that. So my main focus is on what areas to hit hard when uh, they need us out there. So most of the time... San Francisco is a big part of the areas that we need to maintain. Uh, A lot of water out there, a lot of uh, trees that uh, we have issues with. Daly City is one of the main problems that we have. Um, There's a lot of trees in the area, and uh, we've had two issues with that already. So uh, that's one of our points. Uh, We try to keep guys on the East Bay side and on the West Bay. So we cover... The lines, the Alameda line, which is basically anywhere from Fremont out to um, Oakland. And then we run the Concord line, which is from Pittsburgh Bay Point all the way to Orinda. And then we'll have a whole, uh, we'll have a crew over in San Francisco that runs everywhere from Embarcadero all the way out to Daly City and out towards uh, uh, Millbrae if we have to. And you mentioned the Daly City situation. That had a big impact on a lot of folks, of course. And uh, kind of describe what happens when a tree comes down like that and has an impact on BART service. What do you guys do to respond? Okay, well, first of all, my crews, I send them out right off the bat. Um, we send them out with all the necessary require, uh, necessary uh, equipment. Um, that's usually chainsaws and then pumps also because of the water flooding and stuff. But uh, in terms of what happened over at uh, Daly City, uh, my guys were already set up over in San Francisco. And my job is to make sure that Central knows that I have crews in the uh, required areas. And then so I call them. They, re- they let me know, okay, hey, that's great. Send them out there. 
then we monitor all the radios. So we're monitoring the lines and seeing what's going on. Um, in case of Daly City, we heard the radio dispatch saying that there was a tree that had uh, actually come in contact with the train. So because we're both all monitoring the radios, my guys were already set up and I called them. As soon as I called them, they were already on en route. That's when Central calls and I was able to tell them that my crew was already en route and they would be there in about 10 minutes. We have to be quick because we cannot have trains out of service for long periods of time. It's good because now once an incident like this happens, Central takes over and then they will tell my crew and they're usually one to other uh, two other crews that will respond. Um, so you'll have a structures crew that will respond, a track crew that will respond, and then you'll also have an electrical uh, uh, crew that will respond. Actually, sometimes there's even if the grounds department, which they're the ones who have a lot of the chainsaws and everything like that, if they're on hand, they'll respond also. Um, so our job is to make sure that uh, we get the radio set up with Central uh, for communication, talk back and forth to make sure that they know we're there, we're ready to go. Then because this was on an aerial structure, we had to get clearance to go up onto the aerial and we had to make sure that uh, Central okays us first. So they got to make sure that they stop a train from coming into that area and get my guys into that area to assess the situation. Once they've assessed the situation, that's when we start taking care of the business. The cutting of the tree, getting the tree out of the trackway, um, checking the third rail cover boards, you know, making sure nothing's obstructing the train from moving again. Um, and if there is, we have to get it out of the way, which there was obstructions, there was tree cutting, there was uh, third rail cover board uh, issues. So we had to take care of all that. Now, what a winter this has been for the Bay Area, and it impacts everybody, and certainly that's true for BART as well. What kind of challenges has this season presented for you and your crew? Since this is the first of probably first winter storm that we've had that's been bad in probably a good 10 years that I know of, we, we run into problems with flooding, which is PG&E rooms. Um, we have flooding in drain grates. Different lines have different problems. Richmond usually has a couple areas where they flood, which we've kept from happening lately by cleaning out all the drains. Concord Line, which we've had, uh, we have one area that we watch because of a slide area, which normally you wouldn't have this problem, but um, apparently with all the rain, it's caused the, uh, the side of the, uh, the hill to start sliding a little bit. Uh, we've been uh, watching that. Um, which is really boring when all you're doing is watching a, watching the side of a hill and nothing's happening. But you have to do it because in case something does happen and the, the hill does come off the side and goes into the trackway, we're in trouble. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to touch on too is that preventative work. Do you guys get an opportunity to do much of that? Yes. Preventative work is our big thing. We uh, switch out, well, night crew, the night uh, structures crew goes out and what we do is we maintain the drains in the system. So we take out um, equipment that sucks out the drains to make sure that they're, uh, they're clear and when we do get these big rains that they're, they're draining. We go out and we check drains in parking lots. We check drains along the whole system. Uh, we have areas that flood 
that you normally wouldn't even think of. And you'll come upon them just by driving around and all of a sudden you'll see one and you're like, why is that flooding? And it's just, sometimes it's a basketball, a lot of paper, a lot of uh, plastic goods that get into these drains that we have to go and find. And once we take those out, everything releases. The PG&E rooms stuff, uh, the grates are in the street. And so the water has a free flow right into there. Um, we have some pumps in those uh, stations usually, but sometimes there's so much water that they shut off. So we have to get in there and we have to turn them back on and hopefully there isn't, it, they're not broken. And, uh, or we'll take out some pumps and pump out the water in certain areas. But preventative, we try to head off the rain and the storms by getting crews into locations that we know are gonna have problems. And uh, we try to make sure that we get those taken care of ahead of time, uh, draining, uh, taking care of the drains. Uh, we go in there, usually once a month we do preventative. And then usually right around August, September, we start taking out our equipment and sucking out the drains so we can be prepared for this. And uh, this year, in fact, it's been a, we've been pretty lucky in terms of with all the rain, our drains have been holding up really well. Speaking with Mark Rubenacres, one of the structure's four workers at BART, and you've been describing some pretty challenging circumstances. I would think you have to do a lot of your work in less than ideal conditions. Does it ever get dangerous? Well, we're very safety conscious. Um, we go out there and, like I said, we have radios. We usually go in three- and four-man crews. If we do have to go on the right away, Central is great. They take care of us. Um, we have great communication with them. The train operators, they're always watching for us, especially if they know we're in the area. We do slow down the trains in those areas to make sure that nobody does get hurt and the train operators can slow the trains down fast enough before that, you know, something does happen. Challenge-wise, we have a very good crew here, and they take care of themselves, they take care of others, and we're always watching out and making sure that we're in a safe environment. Has it gotten, it, it has gotten a little sketchy every once in a while because guys um, don't usually get to be on rail a lot. So when they do get out there, the first time they, they feel that train come by, it's like, it takes, it takes your wind out of you. It's, it's scary at first, but they're not running at 70. They're running slower for us. And then you realize, oh, I'm safe because I'm over here. And, you know, we could be anywhere from six feet to 20 feet away, but you still feel it when the train goes by. It's weird. Oh, I, I, yeah, what an experience. What's interesting, too, just on a personal level, you've been here for 18 years, but you're not the first member of your family to work at BART. Your dad worked here. Uh, you were telling me that your brother currently works here as well. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, my dad was a track inspector full worker for 34 years. In fact, he's still in a working environment at BART. Uh, he's a safety monitor. He's been doing that for like, I think, eight, eight years now. He got in at a young age back in the 70s, and I just decided something I would like to do is work for BART. Um, saw how good of a, a job it is, and finally just decided one day, you know, I, I might want to do this. And my best friend pushed me to go to school with him up in Chico, and I told my dad, I said, I want to be a welder. He was kind of shocked at that, but uh, he wanted me to be an electrician, but I didn't want to play with the wires. But I became a welder. Uh, and uh, it took me a couple years to get in. I finally got in, and uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it for the 18 years that I've been here. My brother's been here for 19. He was started over in Hayward, 
in the stores department, and then he came over to the structures department, and he loves it just like I do. It's it's a great job to have. I, a lot. Of, I like to say a lot of the important work at BART happens behind the scenes. Uh, our passengers will never see it. If you had a chance to share about your experience, about your job with the folks who ride BART, what would you want them to know? That when you're seeing us out there, a lot of times it's, you know, we're out there working to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the system. Our job is to maintain this system to assure that the people are getting to their areas of work and, you know, families on time and safe. On the backside of everything, we're constantly fixing stuff to make sure. We're out there, we're keeping up the maintenance, trying to clear drains, like I said, for the storms. Um, we're trying to make, maintain the, the rail, which the track department takes care of. And we try to help them. We're supporting. Our department's a big support group. We support all of the different departments at BART. Um, we supply support for the uh, electricians when they go out. We're the ones going out there and helping them do their electrical work. The track department, we help them with the shutdowns and stuff, um, making the rail quieter and safer. Uh, we're out there. You don't always see us because a lot of the work gets done on nights, which is a blanket area work time, and that's anywhere from about 1.30 until 4 o'clock. Before then, we're getting all our equipment ready to start the jobs. And then once we're out there, a lot of times you don't see what's going on because we're in tunnels or we're up on aerials and we're not in areas where a lot of people see us, but we're maintaining the system to make sure that everyone's safe. Structures 4 worker Mark Rubenacre, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. appreciate it. And thanks for listening to the latest edition of Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. You can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, as well as follow us on SoundCloud. We also make Hidden Tracks available via Google Play, Stitcher, and at the new home for our series, BART.gov slash podcasts.